Here we go. You're listening to Email Friday on Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this November the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And we're taking a look at an email we received with a question. Should Christians kill? Now, if one takes a look at the catechism, we really have a problem with that question because the commandment, number five, thou shalt not kill. And so people use that to say, well, we really shouldn't go to war with anyone. We need to be a pacifist. That means at peace. And this article does make that point, especially in light of the current war in the Ukraine. It has reignited the debate over whether Christians should be pacifists or do they have a responsibility to fight and therefore defend themselves? Christian pacifists consider fighting a betrayal of the message of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is deeply rooted in our social morality and remains the ultimate reference of Christian moral judgment. Does it? Now, that's what this article says. But when one takes a look at the Sermon on the Mount, there is no doubt that Jesus says, you've heard it, that thou shalt not kill. But I tell you, do you ever have a bad thought against someone? Do you ever say a bad word against them? Well, guess what? That's also breaking the commandment. And Martin Luther makes a clear distinction when he says that this commandment is broken when we do not defend and help out our neighbor. So, People who turn to the Sermon on the Mount believe that they should not be responsible for going to war and that the use of force is not justified. Others believe that no, force is justified when used in self-defense. Now, that gets kind of interesting as to what self-defense means. For example, the laws in a number of states indicate that, let's say you're at home and a person breaks into the home to steal things from you and also threatens to harm your family. I remember watching a kind of a YouTube movie where two men broke into a house and told the husband to open up the safe, and he refused to do that. They said, if you don't open up the safe, we will harm your wife. He still refused to open up the safe. So one of the robbers recognized that the man had a hobby of collecting important paintings and they were hanging on the walls. And so the robber took out a knife and said, I will start 
tearing apart these paintings if you don't open up your safe. The man opened the safe. So he didn't care about whether they were going to hurt his wife, but boy, his paintings, that was his hobby. That's what he loved, and it really showed his morality. So we have this question in the email. Pacifism versus responsibility. Who can rightly refer to Jesus and who is wrong in referring to the Sermon on the Mount? This question is paradoxical because it could mean we need to follow both. First of all, from the perspective of Christian pacifism, God is peace. Remember Jesus? When he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter took out a sword, cut off the ear of the high priest's servant, Malchus. Jesus rehealed the ear and said to Peter, If I wanted, we could have a legion of angels come and stop me from being arrested. By the way, this led the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane to flee from Jesus because of their fear that they too could be arrested. So some people would say, see, isn't Jesus acting with pacifism? That on the one hand, they want to hurt and harm him, and he does not take up violence against them, even though he could have sent a lot of angels to protect him. In fact, later on in the Garden of Gethsemane, or earlier, Jesus is talking to the Father, and he is really straining at what is before him, straining to the degree that he sweated as drops of blood. But my will, no, your will, Father, let us follow that. And what did the Father do? In the Garden of Gethsemane, he sent an angel to Jesus to strengthen him. He answered his prayer. But at the cross, there was no angel at all to serve him. Instead, he was alone. And when he thirsted, all the water in the brooks throughout the world wanted to rush to Jesus to assuage his thirst. But they were told, no, stand back. And simply also with the angels, they could have come to Jesus' rescue, but they were told to stand at attention and allow the suffering to go on. So when you take a look at that, it does seem that the Christian should permit pacifism, that we should not take up arms against evil. But on the other hand, one can say that the violent killing of a human being is always a violation of dignity. 
Now, this article says that I received, war is always evil. That's what Christian pacifists are therefore convinced. And, and they were really angry when the United States put atomic bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, killing many, many people. Now, that could be a question as to whether too much force was being used. But on the other hand, it ended the war more quickly. This says war is always evil. Well, obviously, there was no war in the Garden of Eden. There will be no war in heaven itself. But we're not there. We're still on this earth, which is really the place of Satan. So even though Christian pacifists are convinced no violence can be legitimized even when we or our families are attacked because Jesus preached peace, not war. Well, if you're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, there's no doubt that was by Jesus. But is it really saying that one cannot defend oneself? No, you need to go to other places where Jesus' word is found, like Romans 13, where the government is set up to stop violence and may even use force and death to stop violence. It's a primary passage for the basis and foundation of capital punishment, which, of course, Christian pacifists are convinced should never occur. No violence can be legitimized. But putting a person in jail forever without a chance of parole would also be a violent act from their point of view. So they get the idea that Jesus preached peace, not war. The mandate to love our enemies even suggests that we are to break the spiral of violence by a love. But one has to be more careful in taking a look at that commandment. In fact, we have a new translation of the fifth commandment. We're now taught, it doesn't say thou shalt not kill, but thou shalt not murder. Now, what is the difference between killing someone and murder? For example, nobody uses the commandment except strict vegetarians to say that we should not be killing animals and eating them, like cows and chickens, etc. That would be killing something. But God allows that to occur. In fact, look how many sacrifices in the Old Testament God permitted. So how could, on the one hand, the commandments say, thou shalt not kill, but God permitted the killing of animals. Also, 
to eat them. Remember at the Passover, they would kill a lamb and put the blood over the doorway. The angel of death would pass over. And that reminds us that Jesus passes over your sins, reminding us of what happened with the Exodus. Now, Therefore, murder is different than killing. Murder is killing something without permission from God. We've already seen that God permits the killing of other living items like animals for us to eat. We also realize from Romans 13, the government sets up the sword to protect us. Getting back to the laws of a particular state, if somebody did break into your home and they threatened to hurt your family, you can use force to stop them from harming your family. But if they then decide to run away from the house and they go through the front door, it is against the law for you to shoot them as they're fleeing because that would be taking upon yourself the act of being a policeman, of being a jury, of being a judge, etc. So a defensive killing is permitted by the scripture, but only under certain conditions. So the view of those who don't believe in pacifism is their view is de-escalation and overcoming enmity if the other person does not kill me first. The Sermon on the Mount does definitely say we should love our enemies, but it doesn't say that we should not protect ourselves from violence. It is from this that follows the Christian tradition of just or justified war. The use of force should be the last means of defense, which is also legitimate under international law. For example, when Hitler was starting to attack other nations, there were officials from Great Britain that attempted to meet with him and get him to change his mind. They were unsuccessful, but it was a good way of trying to stop a war that was about to happen. So we need to be careful in when we can fight and when we cannot fight. In the Ukraine war, there is not a treaty with the United States for Ukraine to be defended. They're not part of that particular defense mechanism. And so the United States is not fighting the Russians as they attack Ukraine. But does that mean that a Ukrainian soldier 
should not attempt to kill a Russian who is coming in and bombing their positions. In the end, it seems to me that the responsibility position is more plausible because it may not be morally acceptable according to the Sermon on the Mount in some people's views, but it can be an evil from the point of view of responsibility ethics. For example, what would happen if Ukraine did not defend itself? An entire nation could be deprived of freedom. Other countries like China might be emboldened to engage in more violence and war uh, against Hong Kong or Taiwan, for example. Death and oppression would spread further. Pacifism would abandon the defenseless to ruin. This should be not allowed to happen. Therefore, resisting and destroying evil powers and tyrants is commanded in Holy Scripture. 1 John 3.8 says, we must destroy the devil's work, while 1 Peter 5.9 commands us to resist and stand firm against our enemy. In the Roman Catholic Church, this position is made subject to strict conditions. The damage done to the nation or the community of nations by the aggressor must be a certain damage, serious and lasting. There must have been other means of trying to put an end to the harm, but they proved impractical or ineffective. There must be a serious prospect of success. The use of arms must not bring damage and turmoil worse than the evil to be eliminated. Now, that can be a problem. Uh, for example, when the United States uh, did attack Iraq, they were using bombs and machinery in order to defend not only the country, but also to eliminate the evil. You cannot find in Martin Luther an advocate of pacifism. In his writing, he justifies violent self-defense to protect the weak as a duty and commandment of charity. Now, there's no doubt today there are strong pacifist voices against this, such as those of the former German council president and bishop, Margot Kasemann. Their counter-argument is, with what justification is one's own life to be valued more highly in a situation of self-defense than the life of the aggressor. Here, it is life against life. So the moral justification for 
defending oneself, lies in an aggressive attack and is a fundamental human good that must be protected. The attacked who legitimately possess a fundamental good must have the capacity to repel an unjustified attack. For example, there's no doubt the Allies were justified in attacking Nazi Germany. Christians do not have a pacifist mentality where they think the killing of another being is always wrong. But at the same time, Christianity needs pacifism as a critical mirror before justifying violence. In the Beatitudes of Jesus, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. There's no doubt that under persecution, the Christian must receive that persecution as part of being a Christian. In other words, when churches in the United States are attacked and bricks are thrown through its windows, it would be wrong for members of the congregation to go out and shoot those individuals who are so angry at the church. No, God has not given them that permission. I remember, and I've said this before, I used to drive for a yellow cab when I was at the seminary. And one day I had dropped off a passenger at a busy street corner and it was a hot day. My air conditioning wasn't working, so I had the windows open. And before I realized it, I was at a stop sign and a gun had come through the window and it was pointed at me and they wanted my money. Another individual had ran around to the driver's side of the car, hit me in the neck, and they took what I had was a change purse, so to speak, for change, because we would be paid with money. Now, I had the opportunity to, if I had had a gun, to shoot them, but I did not. And as soon as they took my money, they began to run away. I could have followed them with the car and maybe even run over them, but then I would be arrested because I was taking the law in my own hands. Therefore, I forgave them. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean that they could get away with it? No. I forgive them personally, but in the secular realm, in the civil realm, there is no forgiveness for crimes against other people. Instead, we go to God. What does God say? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. So I drove immediately to the police station and I informed them what had happened to me, and they put police into the situation. In fact, I found out later that because of the police warning the taxicab drivers, there was another robbery 
that was forestalled. So I did not have the right to hurt or harm those who robbed me once they ran away from the car. Now, if they were still at the car and they were continuing to beat me or even shoot me, then I could have had the right to do that. But we were not allowed to carry guns in the taxi. And so I followed that rule and I had no gun. And by God's grace, the thieves ran away. And by God's commandment, I would have committed murder had I followed them and hurt them because I was not given permission. There was a storekeeper who was robbed. The robbers ran out of the door. The storekeeper picked up his gun, followed them outside, and shot one of them to death. The storekeeper, he was arrested for doing beyond what he was supposed to do. So we Christians are pacifists when our lives are not in danger. But when danger is there, the commandment thou shalt not murder means that we are able to defend ourselves particularly. God gives us permission to do that. That's the difference between murder and killing. That if you have permission, it isn't against the will of God. So hunters against animals or farmers killing animals to feed us, that's not breaking the fifth commandment. But hurting or harming our neighbor when we don't have an opportunity to do something else would be an act of murder, not just by deed, but also by thought and by word. I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening to Law and Gospel. As we examine this question, is killing always wrong? I hope this has been helpful. Join with us Monday for another session. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.